Welcome to episode 24 of the Built by Grace podcast, where I give you a daily thought on Christian leadership, mindset, and motivation. I'm your host, Coach T, and I'm truly blessed to have you with me here today. Now, before we dive into today's topic, if you find value in our discussion, I kindly ask you consider subscribing to the podcast. It's free, and it's the best way to make sure that you never miss an episode. You can find it over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Also, I'd be truly grateful if you would rate and review the podcast. Not only helps me improve, but helps other like-minded individuals to discover the show. And finally, do consider sharing the Built by Grace podcast with friends, family, or anyone you think could benefit from our discussions on Christian leadership. You'll be playing a vital role in my mission to inspire and empower as many people as possible, all to the glory of God. So thank you again for being a part of my community. Your support means more than words can express. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about self-improvement as a Christian and how a lot of self-improvement is self-focused. Let's get into it. love setting goals and working towards something, but have you ever set some sort of goal or resolution only for it to fall apart in a week or two? I think oftentimes we set goals that are focused on self-improvement, and we enter these journeys of improving ourselves with a ton of positive energy, yet a lot of us stumble and don't follow through when the novelty of that resolution wears off. Have you ever wondered why so many of us fail at self-improvement so frequently. What if the approach that we're taking to self-improvement is the very root of the problem? So over the next three days, we're going to be taking a look at self-improvement from a Christian perspective. We're going to be diving into uh, three different aspects of it. And today, we're going to be looking at the idea of self-improvement being very self-focused in nature. And why does this hinder us? And What are the underlying issues of dissatisfaction? So growing up, uh, I loved playing sports. Still do, watch it all the time. My wife thinks it's it's an obsession. My parents will tell you that it's a borderline obsession as well. I played basketball in the front driveway, baseball or football in the backyard, and I played on numerous uh, school or rec teams. But over the course of the years... um, through gaining more responsibility in my life, there was a distinct decline in the hours of activity that I would do. I mean, just simply due to me gaining more responsibility, not having legitimate like practices that I had to go to, games that I would play in. And I'm not as athletic as I used to be, and I've noticed my energy levels are a little bit lower than they should be. And honestly, I want to shed some pounds, get back into shape, get back to you know, the athletic frame that I once was. I'm not that old, uh, so I shouldn't be as out out of shape that I am. So I've been hitting the gym a little bit more recently, and it's been (laughs) really humbling, but it's been rewarding. And it's a challenge that I've dived into head-on, and I absolutely love it. Now, we all have different areas of our life that we want to improve, and we make plans every January to change our lives and be our best selves. We call those New Year's resolutions. Right around springtime, we want to get back into working out to shape our summer body, perhaps. And a lot of us want to be constantly improving in some way. However, 
when we think about this idea of self-improvement, especially in the midst of what I like to call a stoic self-improvement era, there's just so many uh, thought leaders that talk a ton about self-improvement in and, and all of these different areas. I think when we're talking about it, it's important to understand the potential pitfalls of crafting a vision centered solely around improving ourself. So why do our plans of self-improvement fail so often? For many of us, our plans are based around our own wants and needs. We want to improve for our own benefit, whether it's losing weight, I want to read more books, or I even want to start a new hobby. These plans tend to resolve, or excuse me, revolve around us and our desires. And the goals we set are usually about achieving some sort of personal satisfaction or reducing some sort of discomfort in our life, right? That's the wanting to lose weight potentially. A lot of times they don't address the core issues that leave us feeling dissatisfied and wanting to improve in the first place because our plans for self-improvement tend to be concerned with the symptoms of dissatisfaction rather than the root of our problems in the first place. Um, Don't get me wrong. I think that self-improvement is a noble thing to strive after. It's something that, you know, I do in a lot of ways. It's something that I love to do is to become my best self. Uh, And wanting to improve in the first place is a really good thing to do. However, uh, our plans for self-improvement should revolve around the proper thing. As Christians, it becomes crucial that we shift our focus in the pursuit of self-improvement. And in its truest form, for Christians, self-improvement should lead us to deepen our relationship with Christ. I think they should be less about serving our own needs and more about serving Jesus and the needs of those around us. And it's through this that we start to learn more about, I think, the underlying issues of unsatisfaction within us. I think that's a word. Um, There's a difference between self-improvement and spiritual growth. Self-improvement revolves around personal benefit. Um, It can take the form of, you know, getting in shape, learning more, generating a more positive mindset. mindset. However, um, self-improvement stops when you're satisfied with the outcome. Self-improvement stops when you're satisfied with the outcome in whatever area of your life that is, right? You lose 20 pounds, awesome, right? Maybe you want to have a more healthy lifestyle now, but your goal was accomplished. And spiritual growth moves beyond that boundary. It moves beyond that boundary of comfort that self-improvement stops at. It's not about how good we feel about ourselves or perhaps the personal milestones that we want to reach. Instead, spiritual growth is about how we can grow in relationship with Jesus and align our lives with what he's taught us. And I think in pursuit of spiritual growth, we have to ask ourselves, how do my actions reflect his love and compassion? How can I be used to show this grace? Um, Philippians 2, 3 through 4, I think speaks to this a lot. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit but in humility consider others better than yourselves each one of you should look not only to your own interests but also to the interests of others so for the christian this pursuit of self-improvement 
becomes a journey of spiritual growth. The goals we set in our life to improve are no longer just about our own wants and needs because we know that our life on earth is not just about us. It doesn't revolve around just us. They become kind of this step towards developing a deeper relationship with Jesus, and they become about reflecting his love in all that we do, and they become less about personal gain, and they become more about how we can serve others by showing his grace, and this shift in perspective is crucial in how we pursue self-improvement. We're going to look at this over the next three days, like I said. A worldly view of self-improvement looks something like this. I want to lose weight so I look good when I go down to the lake for the 4th of July. Definitely have said that once or twice. Maybe it's, man, I want to get back into shape like I was in high school, and I want to be an athlete like I used to be so I look good. Both of these frames of mind are full of what's in it for me and reframing the purpose of doing it from a Christian perspective can look like this. Here's kind of how you can reframe the purpose of losing weight. Um, We see in 1 Corinthians the idea of the body being the temple of the Holy Spirit. Um, And so because my body is a temple of the Holy Spirit, by taking care of my body, I'm honoring God's gift. That could be one way to look at it. Another way to look at it, if I get in shape, I'm healthier. If I'm healthier, I have more energy and I have more stamina so that I can serve the people around me better. I want to get into shape so that I have more energy throughout the day so I can serve other people better. The goal then for me not just becomes about losing weight or improving my physical health, but it's about taking care of my body so that I can serve him and others better. Do you see kind of how that works out? So this shift in perspective changes weight loss from a self-focused goal to a journey where I want to improve in serving and loving others by disciplining myself. And you can do this with so many different things. So I urge you, think about that a little bit. If it's losing weight, there you go, I gave you an example. If it's something else, I urge you, think about the why behind you're doing it. And if it's not about serving others and glorifying God at the end of the day, you need to be thinking about why you want to improve yourself. So we'll talk about part two on this tomorrow. I hope that you have a blessed rest of your day. To God be the glory.